welcome to Beer Stories for Private Equity. Join us for our weekly happy hour, tapping into 27 years of PE experience, one pint at a time. Beer Stories for Private Equity is powered by Monogram Group. On today's show, we're excited to be joined by MJ, Mary Jean Scott from JM Search. And for Monogram Group, here's your host, Scott Markman. Please fasten your seatbelts. Okay, um, so welcome, uh, MJ. I have to get that right. It's officially Mary Jean, but MJ to your friends and family. So Correct. welcome, MJ, to the uh, to the podcast. Um, I want to start with uh, your background. Um, you've had an unbelievably interesting background and lots of relevant experience in the search, you know, universe. Yeah. Uh, some of the clients you've you've served include Holly Hunt and Noel and Lifetime Fitness and uh, Room and Board and some incredible brands. So how did you get started in this industry? Because people don't go to college to major in search. No. You know, lots of unbelievably smart and talented people end up in search. But how did you, you migrate here? So I didn't start in search. I, um, I went to school and I worked in retail and merchandising from the beginning of my career. From the time I could walk into a mall, I sort of always knew that whatever I did was going to be in and around consumer products, fashion, home, whatever it was, I was, that was from the get-go kind of my, my thing. Um, so I, I started my career in, in retail and um, with my dream job being to become a buyer. So I became a buyer very early on. Um, I actually didn't finish school. Um, I got swooped up and I got into a buyer training program um, and I went to work for a company that trained me on how to buy merchandise and the art and science of merchandising. And, and I cool. ran, you know, within a very short period of time, I was running a big business out in Los Angeles for a retailer there. Um, wow. And that was the beginning. That was, that was my first career. So, so you mentioned, uh, you know, college and you're from New York and, um, in my production notes, I see that you went to FIT, mm -hmm. which is one of the great design related programs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what about sort of what you learned at FIT kind of was relevant to going into merchandising and buying, Everything, but then yeah. applying that into yeah. you know, your current yeah. situation? Yeah, no, I, um, you know, sort of everything, like I, it was what I wanted to study. It was what I wanted to do more than I want. I actually, I didn't want to study it. I actually just wanted to do it, but I had to find a path to get there. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the honest truth. Um, and, and, you know, you sort of learn the business side of, of, of things, you know, it's not practical yet cause you're not doing it, but you're learning, um, and I, I think I, I think the surprising thing for me was how right and left brain it was. There's a highly analytical, highly mathematical, high, highly scientific side of it. And then there's the piece that people think about, which is trend and you're going to go shop in Paris and you're going to go find go to the great fashion shows. and You're going to do all this stuff, but it's only half of it. And the other half is the business side of it. And um, I... I realized that I was really good at that, that split down the middle. Like, I don't want to take the creative piece out of anything I'm ever doing, but I don't want to just be creative. I love the data and the goals and objectives of building a business too. And so that was a good, that was just a really good, good fit overall. Um, when I found my way into search, which was like totally by accident and not intentional as with most search people, um, 
I realized it was a very good use of those same exact, really same, almost the same exact thing. Uh, the business side, the analytics side, really building a business, which was always part of my job in search, wasn't just to do search, but it was to also build a business and lead people and grow and all that. Um, but uh, where I used to curate an assortment of products for people to buy, thinking about what they asked for, what the data told me, what the criteria was, who they were, and what the fit was going to be for them, um, it became really clear when I was conducting my first search ever that it was a version of what I was doing before just without the stuff. And, and so using my intuition as, as a, alongside of the criteria and the data and the information that my clients needed me to solve for, but my own kind of way of knowing there was going to be a fit between the people, that critical piece was really critical. And that was what I wound up figuring out like that, that was the good use of my, intuition. And I really learned that very early on and kind of made the made that kind of assessment that this is really good for me. It's a good use. One of the things I love about what you just said is that right brain, left brain kind of uh, not split, but kind of need for both sides. I have a BFA in design from Washington, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And beyond, I call it the hardcore skills of being a designer. I was taught how to think and problem solve yes and how to apply information how to find information how to process it and how to inform what i think a, a solution ought to, ought to be yeah. and then layer in the creative aspect of things and so um i think there's a kind of a, a parallel there there is sure. there's a huge um, parallel i don't want to get too far into this before we get into the uh, traditional uh, crowning uh, consideration this episode is not sponsored, but brought to you by Lagunitas IPA, a fine California company with a huge presence in Chicago, our hometown. And Mary Jean MJ um, is repping Mountain Valley spring water. Is that spring correct? Water. Yes, spring water. Yes. All right. So MJ said to me as we were uh, starting the, uh, the podcast that, uh, you know, she's on the clock. And so she has to drink water. And I said, so am I. And I'm drinking beer. <laughs> anyway, so I need to pour this so I can try it and get into the uh, the agency uh, swaggy uh, logo wear. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. As I always do. Okay, let's now segue into the hardcore um, information. What are some of the broad trends in search? A, and then B, those broad trends applied into the private equity concentration that your firm um, kind of has enjoyed for a long time. Close to 80% or more of our search work is with private equity firms and their portfolio companies. The, the trends that I've seen this last year, I, I think particularly uh, with our private equity clients and particularly in the consumer industry, which is what I, I focus on, leaders, whether it's a CFO or a CEO or head of operations or whatever the role is that really are growth oriented that have scaled a business or in their, in their functional area, they've, they've been very entrepreneurial and roll up their sleeves. They've been a party of one that has grown into a party of 20. They, they, they don't necessarily, they, they may have big company best practices in their background, but they've gone on to something entrepreneurial and have applied it there and have learned that that's what they love most of all. And so that, that is a very typical profile of almost any functional area that we might be doing a search in. Today, that is still that still all holds, holds true. And because we do focus on 
more middle market size businesses that are probably in their first round of um, professional investor relationship, you know, first round funding. And, and they, they do, um, they do need professionalization. They do need to, to get ready to scale, but they also need to be scaling at the same time. So there's, everything's kind of going on at the same time. Today in our, in our searches, I'm, I'm hearing and feeling from our clients this need for all of those things that we've always looked for, that we that we're consistently looking for, but also someone who perhaps has gone through maybe a challenging economic time, right? Someone who this is not the first time that they've maybe seen some sort of a headwind or a downturn. You know, we've had an amazing run for the last 15, 10 years or more, and a lot of leaders haven't really experienced um, any sort of whatever happened in 2008 or 2001 and two, those are experiences that some of us have seen and gone through as well as other leaders have gone through that in their own businesses. And we're, you know, we're, we're now starting to talk about the importance for something to understand how to get a team through that, understand what it takes to get through the, some of those things, um, but not leave behind the commercialization and growth and, and the focus on growth because when these these private equity firms buy these businesses, they're they're looking to grow them, um, but but a little more focus on um, the leadership piece, you know, being able to wrap your arms around, being able to assess talent more quickly and make change if they need to, and and having had experience doing that, but also managing to the cash flow, maybe managing through. I'm not going to say a turnaround because it's not that, but it might be a little bit of a bump in the road before they get to six months from now. There's a short term, but it's really needing kind of that that two heads on one person kind of thing. So along these lines, um, we have done a ton of work with portfolio companies and have worked mm -hmm. with, I'll call it professional CEOs or C-suite folks that are brought in to do a job. When you were... Uh, developing a list of candidates, do you sort of segment them into corporate folks who are coming into private equity for the first time versus those who've been around the block a few times on this stuff and are a little bit professional, hard gun, let's say C-suite. And, and that's a part of what the, the management, the ownership of the company or the PE firm is evaluating and evaluating it when choosing candidates because they're different worlds. A hundred percent. And they are different worlds. And, um, you know, I, again, I think the critical nature of what we do with the size of companies that we're working with, many of which, you know, have been founder led up until very recently or still are. And so those th that kind of dynamic and that that culture fit is even more critical. Um, big there's a there's a place for amazing people that have come up through big companies and have built and have have best in class experience that is critical and, and is necessary. Th that said, if there's never been a real entrepreneurial experience in their background, um, that's a real challenge most of the time. And um, I say this a lot. Uh, my team is going to like, when they listen to this, they're going to be like, again, <laughs> but it's true. Like I, I have been doing this over 20 years. Um, and everybody thinks they're entrepreneurial. Everybody does. <laughs> um, 
And everybody wants to be, everybody thinks they roll up their sleeves and are not high maintenance and are hands-on. And the degree of which they've done it is the talent to me, like past behavior is an indicator of future behavior. If somebody's never done that, it's a risk that I think a lot of our clients can't take. You know, they're, you know, the making that kind of a mistake early on in an investment um, is just, it changes everything that goes on from that moment on if it doesn't work. And so getting as close as we can to someone with a proven track record of like experience is usually what we are, are hoping for. Um, there are times when someone just is exceptional and there are things they may have worked for a multi-billion dollar company their whole life, but there was something about the work that they did and maybe the division that they were in or some experience that they had that I can think of candidates that are popping into my mind right now that I probably got on the phone and said, oh, they've spent 20 years at 20 bazillion dollar, whatever. Maybe not, but they had a story that wasn't clear on their resume or wasn't as clear on their LinkedIn page or whatever. And that story, that nugget is like what tells you, this is not just somebody who thinks they're wrong. This is somebody who actually exhibited those skills. That's how they work. That's their favorite experience they've ever had, which tells me that they're not gonna get scared and like freak out when they find out that they have to make the coffee and take out the garbage and write the strategic plan. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me and right there. Right, right there. And, you know, all that, right? Like they, they're not going to get scared. They're going to like it. I want to ask a, 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 a follow-on question to what you just said. Along the lines of, I'll call it big public, maybe company experience versus, you know, privately owned entrepreneurial experience. How important are factors such as direct relevant industry experience? Because, I, we get this all the time with with private equity folks. Hey, we want to bring you into a portfolio company, and they make pink triangular <laughs> widgets. Do you have brand experience in pink triangular <laughs> widgets? And you yeah. kind of go, no, yeah. and nobody does. But I've done all this other stuff that's relevant right. here. The right. second question is an issue of scale, meaning you know, if we think about EBITDA scales, five to twenty-five, twenty-five to one hundred, one hundred to three hundred. How important is that the relevance of the scale of things, even in the world of private? Very. companies. Yeah, I would say very, um, very. So I'll go back to your first part of your question with the pink widgets. And they, I, I think being, you know, when you work, when you work with a trusted search partner and an advisor, um, you know, somebody that you trust and it's, there's, um, there's, there's conversation around like the best person. And it could be the press, the person who's sold the pur purple widget and, you know, not the pink widget and they're almost close, but they've never done it. You know, they've never done that exact product. I think it's less important. I think the things that are the most important are the person's ability and success rate of, of building a business in whatever functional area with the CEO, CFO, whatever that, that experience, the win, uh, the, the very clear, you know, line, line of sight to value creation is, is critical. Yep. I think more important than did they make white t-shirts, right, is not as important as were they, you know, whatever the mandates are, product innovation, have they been innovative building out new product categories? 
sales channel development? Do they sell into and know how to get into where you want to go to, right? Those are really big questions. Yeah. Are they leaders? Do people follow them? Are they, are they the magnanimous types of people that have a following? Is that really important to you? I think there's other things besides the pink widget. You know that that makes or, it really or potentially you know m a experience and integration including because that. it's part right. of 90 percent of the deals there's yes. some meaningful m a right. work right that's right and that's you know that's why these these folks bring in a cfo on sort of day two because you've got to have the financial sophistication to lay the groundwork for that because it's going to happen right right and and that integration piece has become more and more critical i think that during you know, we're having an incredible year. I mean, we, we are, our, our, our clients are, you know, we're here, we're busy, but it's been more challenging, right? In terms of, you know, just businesses in general, I think they're going to be um, held on to a little longer than they probably were intended and, and things like that. But, you know, it's a, it's a good time in a way because I see my clients, our clients, not just thinking about growth, but really taking the time to think about operation, getting more operationally effective. So to your point, like the M&A, the integrations, maybe they didn't really happen as well as they should have. And it was masked by like this crazy amount of business. Didn't, wasn't noticeable until things slowed down a little bit and then you can see everything. Um, so taking that time to really integrate those businesses the way they needed to be instead of maybe, you know, not doing, not doing it until, you know, until they absolutely had to. Okay. Along the lines of the things that you've been describing in the last five minutes or so, is there something you can point to about sort of the JMSR's way of doing things that is, you know, meaningfully unique, different, better than a lot of excellent peers that you have in the world Yeah, um, that you can quickly kind of characterize? Yeah. Um, I, I do firmly believe that because we, we do focus so much in the size and scale and the private equity nature of the businesses that we serve, having, having done publicly traded companies, having, having done big private companies, having done this, I can tell you that there is a, a way in which we interview candidates, select people for our clients, assess their entrepreneurial nature, not just because they said so, um, assess all of that, 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 is the is because it's such a focus it's not 10% or 20% of what we do it's 80% of what we do or more right mm -hmm. we know what that looks like and feels like all day every day the other piece that recently you know i've been at jm for almost 5 years but it really recently crystallized for me as we are growing too and we are those people so um, I mean that in such a like on like a way that I can almost like it's emotional in a way. Like we are those people. We we recognize those candidates because we we see ourselves in them too. Like we love growth. Mm -hmm. We love. We are very passionate about being entrepreneurial and thinking outside the box and not just doing it the same way everybody does it every day, all day, every. You know, we we are always open to new ideas and new things. You've you've seen that with us, right? It's, it's, Absolutely. it's truly part of the DNA and I appreciate it maybe because I am a newer senior person here than, than most. Um, I see it and it, it does inform how we interview and the kind of people we pick, the questions we ask them. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 I noticed that here. Um, so it's, it's, it truly is part of us. And I think that that does, it, it what, what I found about your firm that was um, very identifiable and I think valuable was the 
tangible collegiality of leadership. Yeah. And and how it informs everything. everything. It's not be it's not no. it's not bullshit. No. It's and it starts with John, John Jam, John Marshall. Right. On down. Right. And and from the moment you walk in, it's just it's it. really on the table. And, yeah, no and there's question. no there's no errors being put on at all. Not at all. I um I, I, I often tell the story to people that we're recruiting, um, whether it's from my team or anybody else. You know, I wasn't looking to come to JM Search, wasn't looking to not, to, I was in my own business for 17 years. I had no, no interest in going inside a search firm ever as long as I lived. That was never part of my <laughs> Um But somehow someone convinced me to come and take, spend a day here. And, and um, I did a day and a half and uh, hadn't interviewed anywhere in 20, since I was 28 and I was 50. Um, and as I was walking out the door, and uh, one of our founding partners was walking me out the door, Bob Sargent, who I know you, you've met. Um, and he said, uh, MJ, he's like, you know, people have been coming up to us, John and I, and like, they think you'd be a great fit and they like you so much. And you just seem like you've had a great time, great, great day here. What do you think? And it was a Friday afternoon. And I was like, in, I was spinning, my head was spinning with the day I had had. And I said, I wish I was coming back here on Monday morning. And, and I mean it, like I did, it. I meant it. Like I, God, like, I'm like, these are like amazing people and they're so normal and yet not. And like, not what you see in another search firm. And there is a camaraderie here that I just wanted to, I really was hoping that they would let me in, you know, cause it was, um, it was a great opportunity for sure, but also a place that I knew I could get better. Um, okay. So let, let's build on that for a second. If you're sitting down and having a beer with, you know, a Villanova graduate who's going to be embarking on a career and has maybe even heard about search, thinking about search, what are the one or two things you would say, think about this and this as you're getting ready to embark on this career, you know, lessons learned, prioritize this? Um, I thought about this a little bit. I, I think the, the, the best advice I could ever give give someone and whether they should listen to it or not, I, I don't know, but I, th I think this is a, this is a, this is a business of, um, if, if you really think about what we do every day, uh, the impact it has on businesses and people is significant. It's tremendous. Um, it, it's sobering when you think about it. Um, so I, I think, knowing who you are, you know, getting to know yourself well, I, I would always, I would encourage any, my own child, I, I encourage, get to know yourself well, go do, do lots of testing, figure out where your strengths are, really know like what you're really good at innately. What do you really love? Because you really need to love this. You need to really love it because it's, it's not, it's not an easy job that we do. And it's not a nine to five and it's not a Monday through Friday and it's not, every, you know, you know, six weeks of vacation a year, you are in it every day and it doesn't stop. If you're lucky, it doesn't stop. So I would say that, you know, getting to know yourself really well and knowing what you're really good at and, and getting people to, to really tell you what, what they love about it, but what they don't, what are the things that they wish were different? What are the hardest days they've ever had? So my equivalent answer to yours, which is awesome is number one, um, find a mentor and the parallel to that is find people 
either by accident or purpose, whose managerial style you don't like. Because when you're in that position, you're going to have a model to follow. Right, right. right. Um, I was fortunate to have that for some folks that I admired and emulated and some folks who cannily stunk. Right. And but they, sometimes they're the jerks. best teacher for you. And we're, absolutely, and we're jerks. Right. The second thing I would say is, you know, I, a few weeks ago I turned 64. I'm, I'm John, I'm Paul McCartney's age, right? 64. And what I learned is I love what the hell I'm doing today more than I did 10 years ago. And the fact that I'm fired up to, you know, do the kind of work that we did together as much today as I was a long time ago is what a gift. Give yes, yourself a gift at 21 for 64. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a long haul, right? And there's going to be lots of days where you wonder and you, maybe you're, you know, you wonder if you're good at it. You, you wonder if you're, you know, you have the best day you've ever had. Um, but you know, in, in this is, this is a, this is a lifestyle, this, this, this work that we're in. It, it truly is. And, and you have to love the hunt. You have to be willing to he say no. You have, to, you have to know when someone's not right and, it, and say, you know what? This isn't right. You need to keep looking. You know, we just, you need to get really, you need to be self, very self-aware, I think, in this, in this business. MJ, thank you so much. This, this was, was fun. Awesome. Yes. I uh, really appreciate your time. It was wonderful to have you as a guest and to learn um, your perspectives to share with our listeners. From all of us at Monogram Group, thanks for tuning in to Beer Stories for Private Equity, Episode 6. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified as we release new episodes. Please check out the show notes in the description from today's episode. Our email is podcast at monogramgroup.com. Feel free to email us with any comments or questions, and we'll try to answer them in our next episode.